All right, gentlemen, are we ready? Let's get it. Creepy and kooky. All right. Welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray, and I am joined this week by... The One True Ben. And... Mike. And today, given the spirit of the Halloween, it's October, so we're going to talk about some <laughs> some stuff. Um, it's October. Yeah, we figure we'll, we're going to... Yeah, since we're at, at, every, at one episode every other week now, um, talk about one old school horror-ish thing, um, or properly... Classic. Yeah. Or properly thematic thing, and then uh, talk about one newer school thing. So, today we're going to talk about one of the older school um, horror things that exists. It's kind of creepy. Mm. Kind of kooky. Mysterious and ooky. <laughs> um, oddly enough, we did not rehearse that. No, we didn't. That, that's that's sad. But um, that's just the magic about his family. Yeah. You're right. Well, and and you know that we get it. <laughs> yes, but um, we're going to be talking about the Adams family. Um, but and but before we do that, uh, of course, we have. News and a spoiler and other things to be yes. handled, so... News of the Geek Friday. Yes. Um, we had some trailers drop. Um, my friend Kevin's really excited about... There was an extended cut trailer for Aquaman, which evidently, admittedly looks really good. And evidently they get the original costume right. Yeah, By the way, know. I just want to take a moment in uh, Lampshade how, um, how impressive that is. Because it's one of the silliest costumes ever. Yeah. So you know, orange shirt, yeah. green. But then you know, but okay, you could put a pink shirt and a tutu on Jason Momoa, and suddenly that shit would turn into body armor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it, 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 it is. It is a testament to how really kind of perfect casting Jason Momoa. It's like a, it's like one of those magic items in D and D that just magically fits someone when they put mm -hmm. it on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. It just yeah. makes things cool. Jason, we want you to put this tie-dye shirt with kittens on it. It's like, holy shit, that turned into chainmail. <laughs> Why are the kittens really tigers all the time? <laughs> right, exactly. I, I saw a... Uh, Tiger blood. Yeah. I saw a thing where he uh, he did a stupid game with Jimmy Fallon because that's what Jimmy Fallon does with people is yes, play stupid play games. games. Yeah. And in that, he was rocking an oversized bowler hat. And it looked really good on him. <laughs> Of course, when he takes it off, it's a little beanie cap with a propeller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, that's that's an entire meme, you know, thing yeah. you can put on Jason right. Momoa and what they turn into. That, that, oh, yeah. That, 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 definitely that, have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, if yeah. we have any fan it's artists like the, in our... In, in, if, if any of our fan is an artist, then... Um, <laughs> Photoshop, whatever, we're not picking yeah, up. Right, right, exactly. Send us your, your, your examples of Jason Momoa putting on things and then, then becoming badass. Right, um, it's like Jason Momoa and... The, the whole uh, Chuck Norris meme, you know. Yep. Jason Momoa bought a kitten, he petted it, and turned it into Battle Cat. <laughs> so, yeah. Lion, the bro, and the wardrobe. What else right. do we have? Um, well, we. Well, Venom. Venom yeah, is. Com yeah, it came out this week. Um, the fourth. We're probably going to talk about it in two weeks. So. Yeah. Spoilers for two weeks from now. 
Oh no, I'm so triggered. <laughs> um, uh, Dark, or no, what's his name? Daredevil, season three drops next week. Right. Um, 13th Doctor comes out like tomorrow. I think tomorrow. <laughs> the 7th? Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting. And once again, we're badly timing the ability to have a Doctor Who episode without Mike. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we had a bunch of game footage drop Red Dead, Red, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption, Redemption 2. Um, there's a, apparently a date for the beta for Fallout 76, which Ben is worked up about. I'm going to look Bye. at it because it's Fallout, but I, it's, it is in a genre that does not very greatly appeal to me, so I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to feel about the game, but. So for those that are interested, um, the beta starts October 23rd for Xbox One, and then a week later on October 30th for both PC and PS4. Mm-hmm. Which, so, by the way, I think seems kind of blasphemous that PC is not the not in the first date. Yeah, I know because PC is Microsoft, right. ironically, because PC Microsoft threw a bunch of money at him. I'm sure to be like, hey, yeah. We get ours a week ahead. I doubt there's really a technical issue there. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. Right, exactly. And, yeah, I'm mildly interested. I totally pre-ordered it! And, uh, <laughs> well, the other thing is just kind of inherently uh, silly. Did you get the helmet? The helmet. I think so. The helmet? Yeah, because the pre-order came with the, with uh, the, the helmet. Uh, T-51B power armor helmet. Wow. You yes, I'm so yeah, I'm so yes. You think? <laughs> no, I that he that he has the model number for the helmet off the top of his head. And I well, mean, I do you know how much I like Fallout? Apparently not, because I didn't realize you'd have that on tap. So yeah, the T51B awesome. with a little little um a little headlamp and uh, you got hoses coming in the mouthpiece. Right? T51B, you're not your post. Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so, so what else we got going on? Oh, well, we kind of buried the lead. The Mandalorian first look. Oh yes, Star Wars, Star Wars series. Yep. Yeah, so there's something Star Wars. Yeah, Mandalorian. So looking and forward to that. For, even for people who aren't big Star Wars fans, uh, John Favreau is in charge of this, so he's extremely talented director. So it's yeah. worth a look, even yep. if you're not I mean, a big Star Wars person. Think about it. John Favreau kicked off the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. He did, <laughs> and also is you know way involved with these Disney live action movies that are making a gazillion dollars mm-hmm. and are critically and are, well received too, but are only really okay profitable. Sorry, well I saw um, Beauty and the Beast. It was okay. I think I, I haven't seen them yet, so I can't really weigh in. But I do think that it's fair to say a lot of the positive reception and or financial success is a result of nostalgia. Now they may still be good movies in in, in their own, but. Just like how Star Wars benefits from nostalgia. It's a thing. Yep. yep. It's a thing. But. Yeah, of course, you know, you'll have to uh, pony up for the, the yeah. House of Mouse streaming service. That's kind of the whole point, is they're yep. getting premium original content for it. Getting kick ass. If, if it seems like we don't have very much news, it's because we're <clears throat> literally recording this actually just one week after our last episode that we recorded because. Scheduled. Schedules. Also, there's really not a whole lot of news, honestly. I mean, in geek news lately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this month is mostly oh, American Horror Story and you know and and shit like that. Yeah, it's if if you are our friend David Fox, you are thrilled because all the horror stuff happens this month, right? (laughs) But if you are Elvira, us, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. 
Well, that's the other. It's it's kind of the calm before the storm because November and December is going to be friggin' crazy. Everything happens in the end of the quarter. All the games, all yeah. the holiday movies, everything. You got to release be... things in Q, in Q4 to try and uh, to try and pad yeah, out your make year, year better. Yeah. Year end summary. Right. Indeed. Shareholders. Yep. So, so what else we got, Mike? Yeah. Uh, the there's a new Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse trailer. Mm-hmm. Which that looks intriguing. So Spider Ham is in it. So Spider Ham. That's yeah. important. <laughs> right. And Spider Gwen. Oh, there is a weird piece of news. Apparently, there's going to be a Mega Man live action movie. Yeah, they yeah. saw. I, I saw that announcement. Saw something about that. I was like, really? let me let me walk you through my my how my brain reacted here. Okay. My first thought was, wait, wait is this a hoax? Is this a joke? No. Okay, this is a real thing. Why? This why this is so unnecessary, and that was about it. That was the extent of it. I didn't even bother to look too deep because I don't care. Well, this is coming from people who enjoyed the games too, by the way. Yeah. Well, and you got to realize, I mean, Mega Man, and and that. I mean, we come from an. Okay, I back when I was young, um, you know, I come from an era when Ultraman and the whole Japanese thing. Yeah. My bar is set extremely low for this. Could be good. <laughs> <laughs> Ultraman's fun. Mm-hmm. It's not good, but it's fun. It's not good. Well, it's just like it's like, it, it's like know. you know, it's like Power it's Rangers. It's like 60s and 70s Godzilla. Yeah, it's exactly what it the is. The thing about it is, like, I feel like you take a you take a property just to have a property, and then you do contortions just to come out with an all right movie when you could just. Come up with an original concept and make a good movie. Well, and that's what bugs me about it. Capcom's been trying to get good grace again recently. They released Mega Man Eleven, which apparently is really good. Um, to but like, Capcom hasn't done anything of note since they released uh, since they released Resident Evil slash Biohazard uh, like two years ago. And I think they're just trying to get news at this point. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I would say the latter. We're not, we're, we're just completely pointless, guys. We, we, we still exist. Well, if they're, in my, in my opinion, uh, if they want to be, you know, I don't know, like noticed again or whatever. Relevant? Do, yeah, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, if they want to be relevant again, actually create something new. Mm-hmm. Don't just go back to the well. Hey, we're gonna make a movie of this old franchise. We're gonna do a, yeah. a hyper super alpha, you know, version of super of, of Street Fighter, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, I guess they've been releasing Street Fighter new. games too, haven't they? I mean, I know it's easier said than done than just come out, you know, come out with a new IP and have it be successful. That is a tall order, but that's how it works. Well, corporations have, are afraid of of innovation yeah. because it might not work. Yeah, I know. It's so silly, too, because, I mean, risk management is one thing, but, like, getting to the point where they're doing the boy in the bubble shtick. It's like, okay, you know, whenever you do swing for the fences and it connects, you have an entire franchise to melt forever like you do. So take a risk every once in a while. Oh, hey, thanks. You reminded me of news. Okay. Um, I got this from Lettered French, your favorite copyright attorney, Um, so props to him. At some point, I want to try and invite him to be on the show via Discord so we can talk about copyright. Uh, just because I, I don't know whether he'd be up for that, but it seems like the sort of thing that might be an interesting yeah. episode. In any case, um, apparently the uh, the author of the Witcher series of books, 
Mm, yes. Has filed suit against CD Projekt Red oh. for more money. He is claiming, and this is a bad, this is a really bad lawsuit. Like, I do not see how this is going to win. Yeah. That CD Projekt Red didn't pay him enough for his IP. <coughs> Even though... Like, he's essentially just suing them for, I deserve more money given how much money you've made off of the IP I sold you. Even though they Even though had a specific they agreement. Had a, they had a, an agreement. Yeah. It was agreed to contractually that they had access, they, that they had rights to the IP for... Admittedly, he got paid a pretty paltry sum of money in the grand scheme of things. He got paid like $94,000 for it. Yeah. And CD Projekt Red has now made millions of dollars off of it. But see, that's what, what's so silly about that to me, and I know you're saying it's silly, so mm-hmm. it's not like we're disagreeing here. Yeah. But you don't... <clears throat> whenever they came to the table, yeah. they didn't know how well it was going to do. No. And you know why it did well? Because it did a good fucking job. Yeah. So they shouldn't be penalized for succeeding. No, no. He's just... That, essentially, he's, he's, he's just... He he's throwing a temper yeah. tantrum, basically. Yeah, he yeah. said... It, it, at least that's really how it came across when, when the documents were read... Uh, on like I, I don't yeah. know the whole the whole story. Yeah, I'd have to look at the but, facts. Yeah, but he I mean, needs if to that's renegotiate his fucking contract is what he needs to do. Yeah, the problem is I think it's not. I don't. I don't think it's a, re, a renegotiable. I think it's. I think it was. You have access to his IP, IT, IP in perpetuity. In which yeah. case, that was poorly negotiated. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the person he needs to be suing the fuck out of is his lawyer. Yeah, his agent, his lawyer exactly. Yeah, but yeah. In any case, um, yeah, that is. Asinine. But no, this is it, this is still newsworthy because CG, CD Projekt Red, you know, Witcher, uh, Cyberpunk, Twenty Seven Seven. I think you know if they wanted to if they wanted to uh, throw him a bit of a bone. I mean, of course, it's hard to do that when he's coming at you sideways, yeah. suing your ass. But <clears throat> I was going, you know, I what, the thought that occurred to me would was, you know, maybe um, like come out with some. It's not quite charity, but it's throwing him a bone where it's like okay. Why don't we work with you to do another thing, and we will we will make a conscious effort to give you a better proportional amount or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, this is where you hire him on as a staff writer. Yeah. To write more because that's I, what I'm and, saying. Yeah. Like partner up with him, be like, okay, look, we could both benefit out of this. You get a significantly larger amount of money now that there's more, there's a demand for it. Yeah. You can do your thing that you're good at, and then we also benefit because everyone goes, hey, look, the original person who actually came up with this shit. Yeah. It's like uh, a Neverwinter, how they had like Arya Salvatore write quests and stuff. You yeah. know. Now that he may not be everybody's cup of tea, but he's someone who's done decades of. Yeah, work I mean, I don't it. dislike Arya Salvatore. I don't you particularly like name. him either. Right, yeah. But <laughs> well, here's the thing: you know his name. Yeah. Right. And yeah. when he comes out with something, you talk about branding, it. name recognition, exactly. Even that in of itself is and, Yeah. See, if I was in, if I was in, in the shoes of CD Projekt Red, I'd be going, okay, you know. Hey, the the problem is, no one really knows his name because it's some Swedish name, or but still. Norwegian or where the like, hell he's from. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry to all of our fan in Denmark. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's one of those things that, yeah, I think CD Projekt Red could turn this into a, a um, PR coup by going, you know what? Yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's bring him on. Let's give him percentage of royalties going forward. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're printing money. I mean, Polish. I'm sorry. Yeah, Polish. Polish. And Andrzej and 
Here we go. Andrzej Sap um, Sapkowski. A-D-A-N-D-R-Z-E-J. And then Sapkowski is actually kind of easy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Basically, Andy. <laughs> Andrew, yes. Like, the, the, this would totally be Andrew if, if yeah. it, it, enough time in America. Yeah. Um, Something with lots of consonants. Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, the Slavic love of consonants. <laughs> we are loving of consonants. I hear they actually mash up consonants and put them in their goulash. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it is interesting. Consonants. When times are hard, <laughs> get, some, get some consonants out of the uh, pantry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Throw a few C's and J's in there, you know. Match you're slow. You're slow. Come over here. Yeah. Speak out loud. Yeah. <laughs> we all have consonants too. But yeah. We're consonantly hungry. But um, <laughs> Okay, I think you killed it, man. Good job. Yeah, yeah thanks. But um, but yeah, no. Apparently, he's he's suing CD Projekt Red, which is like from what I got from. I was like, just what what what? How do you think this will work? Settlement. How? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I think it's it's probably a calculated move of okay, if this goes on for a while. There's bad publicity for them, and it costs money to do the case. If they just settle, I get a decent chunk of money, and I don't really have to do anything. Right. Other than pay my lawyers. Yep. Yeah. Which admittedly sucks, but yep. it's Settlement. still more money than when he started. True. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. Anyhow, we'll that, that, that was still up. interesting news. Um, do we have any other news? That's pretty much all I got. Okay. Well, spoiler of the week, then. This is thematic. It's actually Fester Adams. What? So, um, few is the time that we get to talk about things on this on this podcast that are older than Ben, but um, <laughs> low hanging fruit and fucking yes. dutifully, sir. Yes, so to say. But um, I mean, the obvious examples like Batman, Superman. Yes. Some of those really old like but we, superheroes. We definitely stuff. do get two today, which is fun. Um, Indeed. The Adams family was originally a uh, a cartoon uh, strip. Hey, essentially, kids, remember when newspapers were a thing? Well, no, this and wasn't comic really, strips within newspapers. This actually, this was too much in the New York. Yeah, this oh, was published magazine. in the New Yorker. Okay, so, magazine, not newspaper. But um, <laughs> okay. And somebody knocking on the phone? Nope. Okay. Nobody important. <laughs> um. Yeah, made by... Let's see here. It da, was da, da, the da, New Yorker. Yeah, no, no, but made by a, a cartoonist, Charles, Charles Adams. Adams. Oh, okay. Um, the live act, which was initially uh, penned in... I had it here, 1938. The live-action television series aired in 1964, so it is also older than Ben. Yep. Prohibition era. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, the Adams family, uh, as Adams originally drew them, was a parody of the uh, of the modern family of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they were wealthy. They were aristocratic. They uh, they weren't you know they, they they weren't the Cleavers. Right. Yeah. Right. They lived in a castle. Well, not a uh, castle, but uh, yeah. effectively a castle. They live yeah. in a manor house. Right, yeah. right. Um, and, and the thing is, is that originally the characters weren't named. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, John Aston actually named Gomez Adams. 
Charles Adams actually gave him two choices, Pepito and Gomez, and uh, asked him what with Gomez. And um, a lot of the characterization that we know today was created by the cast of the uh, Adams family when it, on its first TV run. Right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to. Uh, it, well, I should position this differently. It's a lot easier to have uh, iconic things that kind of like mm-hmm. stay with the. Uh, that kind of develop the identity of a uh, character or ensemble when it's actually someone acting it out than just a static mm-hmm. image on a page. Yeah. Now, granted, there are examples where print media is a lot more dynamic, like comic books, graphic novels, and such. But when it's just like a short, like. I, I don't know the I'm not sure exactly how the format was in the original but I'm there assuming was single, it was fairly limited, right? Uh, in the in the original the New Yorker the original yeah. run. Yeah. It was a single panel. Right. It was single Archive. single panel and there was very there was typically very little dialogue. Yeah. Um, like because it's single it, it's think for the best like still running in newspapers today example think the Lockhorts. Yeah. So you've and got yeah, or, yeah, or, or side. yeah, or things along the far side uh, isn't in, isn't in papers today anymore. Yeah, but people still know it. Larson yeah. retired, but yeah. um, which is a shame because far side was fantastic. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's a single panel with a with a blob of text underneath it. Right. Mm-hmm. At best, yeah, you don't yeah. have a lot of back and forth. There's just a panel, so you got to yes. set it up and have the payoff in the mm-hmm. same panel. Right. Memes before there were memes. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> That's actually a decent way of putting it. For Going viral was when you cut it out and put it in the friggin' office. Yeah. Flip over <laughs> exactly. thing or bulletin board. Or going, yeah, going viral yeah. was when you got a, caught a cold from reading it after the guy who had a cold. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Originally, it was very and interesting. It was thing. it was mostly psych acts. Yeah. Yeah. And interesting thing about about it. Speaking of family circus, when, <laughs> right? Uh, when the uh, when the series went from being you know just in the pages of the New Yorker to having a television series, the editor of the New Yorker stopped running the the uh, the feature hmm. because basically snobbery. I was uh, gonna say because the New Yorker has always been pretentious. Yes, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, kind of what they're doing the for. Idea, exactly, and the whole idea was. <laughs> We, yeah, we we appeal to a more refined reader. Well, you have to realize really TV to be, was so new back then. Well, t- the thing is, is that just anybody. Well, in the '60s, it was in almost every home uh, when it first came out. So, um, and the series didn't predate me by much. Let me tell you. Uh, well, I wasn't going to give away your year of birth, but it did predate you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Basically, they didn't look the actual words where they did not want it to be something to be in their pages that was that was act that was um, accessible to just anyone. Yeah, they were like they were they were the proto hipsters. They were more or less. Were. Yeah, <laughs> they really were. It's true. Yeah. And it wasn't until after that editor retired that the Adams family team went back to mm-hmm. the the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. We are and continue to be drawn by Charles Adams until he died. Until he died. In like the 70s. 88. Okay. <laughs> um, are we both re- referencing back to the to the Wikipedia page? <laughs> no, I, I remember Some him dying. Great A research there, yeah. folks. Uh, remember, I was in high school. I was just out of high school in 88. I was not yet alive in 88. Yep. Um, yep. 
As a matter of fact, for being the youngest person in this cast, he would have died a week ago, 1988. Wow, September 29th. It's pretty close on the mark for the episode. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Well, uh, now it's a 30 year anniversary of his death episode. Yep. I don't really only have like the the academic, you know, <laughs> exposure to it, where it's like, okay, I looked at the dates and looked at some yeah. examples, and that's it. I didn't. I never. I never I, actually saw any of the old schools. Not even the TV show. I just know the movies. Mm-hmm. But as I've grown, I've kind of grown like uh, a the larger, movies were really good. Yeah, they are. I, oh, yeah. I've grown a larger appreciation for the uh, whole premise of it. Mm-hmm. So I would be interested to go back and not, you know, not like watch the whole thing, but yeah. you know, watch so, some iconic episodes. Yeah. Of the it old is show worth stuff. knowing that um, both that two seasons of it. I don't know if I don't know how if it if that was the entire run of it or not. Of the original uh, sixty-four television series is on Hulu. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's only ran two seasons. Should you wish to watch it, it is on Hulu. I definitely. I know there. Ha- I I know because my grandfather owns it. Or at least I think he does. I know I've seen it in his house. I don't know if he, whether it was something he owned or something he got from the library or something along those lines. Or if it just showed up there mysteriously. It is the Adam. It is the Adam family. <laughs> right. That is yeah. not entirely. <laughs> It's not entirely beyond the realms of possibility, but um, I know that there is a collection of the uh, of the uh, panels as well. Oh, that's right. Um, that can be purchased because I've seen it. I've actually seen some of the uh, panels of the Adams family. It's like okay, this this ran in the New Yorker, so mm-hmm. I suppose it's funny, right? Yeah, uh, but <laughs> well, also bear in mind, yeah, he originally did start in the thirties. Yeah, it had a, it appealed to a completely different sense. Of yes, humor. no, no, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, like, pretty much any, any cartoon that runs in the New Yorker, I, pr- I primarily get like, okay, well, I suppose that some people might find this funny. The the well, cliche <laughs> for me with the New Yorker stuff is that it's like. The, the best way, if, if somebody's not familiar with The New Yorker, the best way I can sum it up is it's it's the publication where everybody puts things in and people read it and pretend to think it's funny. Right, exactly. That's because the they think they're supposed to. It's, exactly. It is still the hipster yeah. publication. Yeah, because yeah, with The New Yorker, it's... Well, because it's in the New Yorker, it's funny. And they're, they're so get it. See, they're this so is some pretty. serious meta stuff here. Let's think about this for a second. They're so hipster that they were hipster before hipster was a thing, mm-hmm. right? That's how hipster they are. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, um, so Kafka esque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about meta within meta within meta. It's like sixteen metals. Hipster Kafka esque. That's actually that's a reference to something, but it's it's a deep yeah. cut as well. I think it's Mission Hill. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. God, I love that show, by the way. Right. Um, that should be an episode eventually. It could be. Heard of it. Um, um, cartoon, goofy cartoon, cartoon that was on the goofy Storm, cartoons for for that were intended for older audiences that aired in the nineties. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. But, my, my cartoon experience of the nineties. TV, you are stupid. Anyway. <laughs> hey, d- there is nothing wrong with Dexter's Lab. Oh, I love Dexter's Lab, man. Getting uh, getting to. Uh, 
Tartarovsky? Gendy Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky. Yeah, that say guy. It five times fast. Gendy Tartakovsky, Gendy Tartakovsky, Gendy Tartakovsky, Gendy Tartakovsky, Gendy Tartakovsky. Hey, no, 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 no. It's that, 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 that. You have to say that five times fast. Uh, damn it. <laughs> I always mess that up. <laughs> so back to the Adams family. So, yeah, the series, which was weird, the series, um, they gave them a lot of room to work with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that came through John Aston, who just a brilliant comedic actor, mm-hmm. um, you know. And you know they came through. They came through with that, and it, the idea was that they were macabre, but uh, you know didn't realize. Right. You know, they were just completely oblivious to the fact that other people were horrified by the things they thought were just the most you know greatest things ever, mm-hmm. or just normal at least. Right. Uh, and at one point, um, you know, we learned that Gomez is a um, is a successful businessman, owns many businesses around the world. That always just his superpower is luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, well, let's uh, let's buy a swamp. Yeah, let's get that because that seems like a cool thing. Oh, there's oil in it. Right. <laughs> you know. well, it's kind of like uh, that. Re- it reminds me of uh, Forrest Gump, where he's like, "I invested in this fruit company," and it shows the Macintosh logo. <laughs> right. And I didn't have to worry about money anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they told me I didn't have to worry about, about money, money anymore. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, an interesting thing that is that, that a lot of like I assumed until I just now looked it up. Mm-hmm. The monsters, mm-hmm. which a lot of people think of when you think of the Adams family as well, because they're very similar. Actually, only like it wasn't something that came significantly later than the Adams Family TV show. It literally aired one week later, so it, you know that they were shooting concurrently. Ah, that's right. interesting. Um, so that, that isn't like I would have kind of assumed. Oh, hey, the Adams Family came out, and so let's make the monsters because yeah. it's kind of it's a send up of the send up, right? And it was a send up of the send up of probably the cartoon to a certain extent, yeah, but not yeah. of the series proper, right? Yeah, I think the monsters was a, another network's attempt. To NBC, appeal I this, believe. Yeah, NBC's attempt to appeal to the same audience. Yeah, because uh, let's see here. Do 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 do. Was it NBC? I'm checking. The internet. Yeah, the internet. The internet knows all. Adam's family ran on ABC. Um, you forgot the second half to that statement. The internet knows all, even if it isn't true. Sorry, and um, <laughs> and no, it was uh, the Columbia Broadcasting System, CBS. Yes. Ah. And yes, I am pretentious enough to use their actual name, but also because they had one of my favorite journalists who worked for them for a while. Hmm. The funny thing is, is the Munsters achieved higher higher ratings. Yeah. Um, Won a Golden Globe, or at least got nominated in, in 65. That right? family really didn't. Oh, and they received a TV Land Award, uh, Most Uninsurable Driver, Herman Munster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. And of course, it, to stay on the, on the offshoot, the Munsters, for a second, they were also responsible for a Rob Zombie song. Oh, yeah. So... Which one? Dragula, mm. um, which was the name of the grandfather who was a vampire. He had a hot rod that he called his Dragula. Dude, you just mm-hmm. blew my fucking mind right now. The Rob Zombie song. 
Yep. Is a shout out to the Munsters. Is a shout out to the mums- Munsters. I mean, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's so weird. <laughs> Proof that nobody beats Batman. The Munsters was canceled due to the introduction of, the, of Batman and a, and a loss of ratings. Oh, you mean Adam West, Batman? Yes. Oh, wow. Batman beats everybody. <laughs> Interesting. And yes, it is based on the drag racer Dragula from the sitcoms, sitcom The Musters. That's Musters. So weird. Yeah. Wikipedia says it, it must be true. <laughs> it must also, be true. also, it's actually like referenced. Yeah, like, there's actually sources. There's a footnote on that yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, you joke about Wikipedia a lot, but if it's something that's fairly non-controversial, yeah. you're gonna get good sources, and you can just look at the sources. Yeah. So, so students, how to use Wikipedia for for your paper? <laughs> look for anything that has a little. Number um, that has a number next to it, and click on that and use that as your, your source, source instead of right. Wikipedia. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Wikipedia is a good con- conglomeration of sources. Uh, so, just like just like how you, it's not, like how you use Snopes to uh, to uh, make people you know to not use Snopes, go to what they reference. Yep. <laughs> you know because you know. That way you're not using Snopes. Well, um, all those sites are only as good as what the they're reference. providing. So yeah. there you go. So the uh, so back to the uh, to the Adams family. People often talk about how you know you gotta have you, you, people want to have like the, the the relationship of of the Joker and Harley Quinn because they're dark. But you, no, yeah. you want to have the relationship of Gomez and Morticia. Adams. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, because yes, they are they are the they are the gods of the Goths. Yeah, but and they, they actually have, and, and but they have an incredibly healthy relationship. Yeah, wholesome yeah. goth, it's a thing. <laughs> well, and and uh, I was reading somewhere they, they some, uh, undoubtedly love their children. Uh, yeah, Morticia is touted as a a very attentive and very good mother. Despite and, and the fact that her it, daughter keeps trying to kill her son. Is, uh, exactly. But she encourages her in that. <laughs> She's very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maternal instinct and killer instinct. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, you know, it's like, we've told Wednesday college first. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry to me always, having been through almost every version of mm-hmm. Morticia, oh, got to go back to Angelica Houston. You know, uh, who just they they did everything right with Morticia in in the Adams Family movie. First yeah, of all, she was pairing her with fucking Raul Julia. Oh god, the oh, chemistry yeah. was amazing. There was well, Raul Julia is my thing. favorite incarnation of Gomez too. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. no, I have. I mean, no offense to. John Aston? Yeah, John Aston. Because he was fan he's fantastic. Yeah. But Raul well, Julia just had more chemistry. Well with, that yeah, like, they had more chemistry with, with and they had more things they could play with. Mm-hmm. But also Raul Julia, yes, tremendously tremendously talented actor, tremendously so skilled. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and but <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, okay. Sorry. The only saving grace of the Street Fighter film, yeah. <laughs> you know, is Raul Julia as Colonel Bison, M. Bison. You know, I've always, I've, I've, I've long made the crack about how, oh, what a shame it is that that was his last movie. But over time, I've kind of changed my mind. I'm like, no, this, this is actually a great example. Of, he is such a great actor that you find something redeem, uh, yeah, redeemable in such a crap movie. He has one, of, he and he has, still gave it his all despite it being a crap movie. And, and yeah. he gets he gets one of my kind of favorite megalomaniac evil person lines, which was yes. the day M. Bison came to your village was the most important day of your life. 
But for me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, weird thing. Uh, of course, Adam's family, go figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> grand, sure. Yeah. Well, literally, weird thing. It sees a hand that scuttles across the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there are studies in, in marital relationships basically based on the Adams family where the theory is well not the theory the uh, you know the basically Morticia and Gomez are in a very healthy consensual BDSM relationship yes I've seen this meme <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know I mean I mean when you think about it when Go- when Fester has has Morticia on the rack you know and and basically pulls and most people are going ah and she's like ah you've done this before <laughs> it goes all fucking macabre may west on him yeah if you go back and watch it with that in mind it's very obvious mm-hmm. yeah but it's funny because i mean well and a lot of us like we're kids and we watched it and stuff and it's like you mm-hmm. know um, yeah. You know, obviously, not all that stuff is you know yeah. Yeah. jumping to mind, and uh, right. that, that yeah, it was more of... explicit in the movies and was in the TV show too. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, my, yeah of course, one of my favorite lines is you know you're unhinged, a madman, you frightened me. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it also helps that neither of them is the sub or the dom permanently. They both mm-hmm. they, they both yeah, swap. Yeah, yeah. yeah so don't talk yourself, Gomez. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of and you know again we we see that. I mean, Morticia is there for parents' night. Yes. Right, exactly. You know, in the movie. And, and she brings something that it, that is terrifying and disgusting, but she brings it. Right. And or, she made it herself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what that was. Isn't it like... I feel like spiders were involved. Mm, yeah. Probably. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. Looking, I need to watch the you know, Yeah, Yeah, because when they're looking for things to contribute for the... Uh, for the you know, for, no, they, they, it, was the, it was the thumb thing that they brought for the auction. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, that, yeah. that, like, bit into you. Yeah. Um, the finger cuffs. Yes. And uh, But, yeah, it's like Uncle Nick next summer wardrobe. <laughs> Uncle Nick Dax winter wardrobe. <laughs> Uncle Nick Knack. <laughs> just like just, she, they got the delivery perfect. The movies, like I said, the oh, first yeah. two movies were the epitome of it, and they did try with the with the reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Adam's Family Reunion, I think. That was Adam's Family Values. No, no, yeah. second one. Well, Adam's Family was the second, second one. That one values. also had yeah. uh, Raul Julia in it. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, but Tim Curry. Good choice for Gomez. Yes, but not as good as Raul Julia. True. Well, you know, but Daryl Hannah? Mm, no. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. But it was just like... Oh, and, and the... You know, the the thing about the Adams Family is, is they're very healthy, just macabre. It was Adams Family re- uh, Reunion. And, of course, it had the standard kiss of death that I can think of for most movies, which was it was straight to VHS. Uh. Mm, yeah, well... Which, with for something that Tim Curry is in, I mean... When, when, what year was that, by the way? It was 19... 1998. Which also released a uh, spin-off television series from, the, from, 80, from 98 to 99... Had one season of sixty-five episodes. Sixty-five episodes in a season. Fuck. That's like three seasons of episodes. I know. I know that's right? like a or Japanese more. show. <laughs> well, no, Japanese shows the seasons twenty-three episodes. The question is just how many season it gets. Seasons it gets. Right. But yeah. um, 
So yeah, I mean, it's just like, mm, well, okay, an old Japanese TV show because the old original Ultraman series had like sixty some odd episodes because they were half hour episodes. Yeah, those but those were dailies. These yeah. days, most 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 TV shows that you think about seasons and are weekly. And yeah. Yeah, are weekly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, did <clears throat> did the iconic theme song begin at the very beginning of the yes. old TV show? Da 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 da. Click click. Right. Is snap, snap. For, yeah. Is from the very first. And from the TV show, they reimagined it during some of the other because there's been two or three animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there have been some novelizations. Um, it, in, it 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 created a bit of an empire. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's it's a it's a. Not altogether non-unique idea. I can't say it's completely unique because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but it's still there. Like, and it was also the first to do it. Yeah. And first done, best done in this particular situation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But I mean, they hit so many things right with them with the 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 two movies. Mm-hmm. The, you know the. Um, because, for instance, just little details like Morticia always had this glow, lighting glow yeah, around yeah. her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, even in well lit <clears throat> scenes, there was always a there was always a band of light across her eyes. Mm-hmm. In not so well lit scenes, <laughs> it was even better. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but again, you had good chemistry with, you know, with, between our old Julia and and. Uh, Angelica Houston, who became my eternal crush yeah. at that point. And also with uh, with Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, who has... Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah he did so Yes, it was for, fantastic casting as Fester. So as good. Fester. Oh, he was perfect for Fester. Another yeah. weird thing as part of this empire is they made a Nintendo game. They made a few Nintendo games. It was like yeah, I mean, Fester's several. Quest. Fester's Quest is a bad game, and I will hear no one who <laughs> says otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, there are serious design... Like, it's a classic game, and it's worth playing, but there are so many design problems with that game. Sorry. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> we shall move on. So he we speaks don't come from traumatic experience. I, so. I may have beaten Fester's Quest at one point. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, interesting thing they also did with Thing. Mm-hmm. In the original TV show, he was always in a box. Mm-hmm. He was always popping up from play. That's place. because you could be a hand that pops out of a box. You can have someone sitting under a table. Right. And then um, in the movie, he finally be- gets ambulatory. Right. Right. And they used a magician, a you know a like a card trick street magician. And chroma keyed out his arm because he had interesting things he could do with his hand with it's, his fingers. Exactly because yeah. Like, I hate it when you stutter. Uh, <laughs> That's got to be a weird audition, right? Yeah. It's like, so I hear you're I want, really good with your fingers. So I want, us with your fingers. I want you to impressively flex your fingers all at once. <laughs> yeah. Audition and... No, wiggle, wiggle faster. You have to commit. Right? Yeah, it's just so weird. But then again, that's kind of fitting, because yeah, Adam's family. Yeah, Adam's family. It's a meta weirdness. kind of weird. Yeah. Right. Well, see, and, and the the thing that they that they learned from the comic strip was you can be macabre and treat it like it's a normal thing. Yeah. You know, it's like you know we met at your you know at your cousin's at your cousin's funeral. You were still a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and, and and that is the thing that like 
that, that has always been the strength of the Adams family was yes, it is incredibly weird, but it's played perfectly straight by right. the principal weirdness exactly. by the principal weird people. Right. Gomez doesn't think it's odd that he, you know, sword fights a hand, a, a, a disembodied hand. Right. Right. Other people think it's weird that <laughs> yeah. he sword fights a disembodied hand. Exactly. You know, it's like, you know, where does all this gold come from? Buried treasure! You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, they're like, what? Doesn't everybody's well, you know? <laughs> Isn't that, Isn't that where everybody gets their, gets their fantastic well? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, it's like, so how did you, you know, how did you get this latest million dollars? Well, it was a, you know, it was the funniest thing. Not weird, funny. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I invested, you know, I invested, in, uh, was it, uh, uh, I invested in a crocodile farm. Next thing you know, <laughs> you know, next thing you know, the, uh, you know, uh, lightning strikes, uh, strikes mm-hmm. Macy's, the luggage section completely wiped out. They needed all new luggage. <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and there, there's actually an episode where Gomez tries to fail at something. And can't. So he realizes the only thing that he can ever fail at is failing. There you go. <laughs> that, yeah. That's very meta. Well, it's... it's Gomez has this weird luck. Philosophical, anyway. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a very strange luck that he has, you know, that... So he succeeds without really trying, and, and but Lucky it also bastard. exactly. Um, You're trying to fail and you succeed. Did you fail or did you succeed? Exactly. Yeah. Did you know you can't do both? Um, but yeah, it's like oh, you know, I I invite I I invested in an iceberg. Uh, you know, and suddenly you know, hey, it's it's slushy season in New York City. Uh, <laughs> um, so I mean, there's yeah. I I thought I'd buy a swamp. There's oil there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, um, you know, just like him to buy a swamp. Oh yeah, we in in that's canon. He does own a swamp. Yeah, you gotta I love am, how they have a graveyard on their premises because it's convenient. Yeah, I mean, where else are you gonna bury a dead relative? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, and if you want to visit them, they're right there. Oh no, actually, no. For an Adams family reference, it's where else are you going to buy a relative? Oh, you mean a dead relative? Maybe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <Fairy relative. laughs> yeah, those two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I recently got a chance to rewatch the movies. I can't. I think they were on Netflix transitorily because yeah. they are not now. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was like, oh, hey, I haven't watched these in a while. I was like, wow, these were just really solidly good. No matter when you watch them. Yeah. yeah. You know. That's another thing I like about it is uh, the movies specifically and, you know, just the franchise, if you will, as a whole, is that a lot of it's just timeless stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, like, lock it down to some period or, you know, year or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just, it's something you could, you know, you right. could, somebody could be, you know... Uh, Ten years old or eighty, and appreciate it to some extent. It's like Looney mm-hmm. Tunes you know? cartoons, yeah, you'll get yeah. different things. Yep, yeah. It's like, are your, is your lemonade? You know, I'll buy, I'll buy a cup of your lemonade if you'll buy a box of my Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Depends, are they made from real Girl Scouts? <laughs> I mean, was that was, Christina Ricci? That was Christina Ricci. Yeah. That was the role that made her. That was her big. Like, Adams has been played out. by a number of people. Yeah, yeah. But um, as far as I'm concerned, that is the ultimate version, the yeah. Christina Ricci mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so iconic. 
Yeah, and it's like... It's kind of like goth Daria, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, the deadpan delivery is so great. Yeah, and, and Christina Ricci had, did such a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, and, and then, you know, and Pugsley... See, and Pugsley is just enthusiastic about everything, you know? I mean, there's one that's like, uh, it's like, Wednesday, what are you doing? I'm playing a game with Pugsley. It's called, Is There a God? You know, and, and when she's like, children, it's Pugsley who goes, oh, mom, please, sitting in the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, if, and, you know, Morticia is like, oh, all right, you know. And, of course, I love the look on, on Wednesday's face right after that, 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 that you know, sadistic grin mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just like, oh, my God. I remember yeah. seeing the, uh, uh, what you call it, the, um, there was a, there was a, like, two or three episode mini web series of Adult Wednesday Adams. Yeah, they had to take it Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. That was, that was fun. It was like... She hires uh, she hires some bikers to catcall construction workers <laughs> because she wasn't happy about getting catcalled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, a uh, number of other things. That was the one I can remember off the top of my head. But yeah, and of course, you know, then you realize in Adam's family reunion there is an entire Adam's clan. Yep. An entire world that they inhabit because not everybody there is Adams. You know, there's the sisters that uh, that Gomez um, dated. Um, you know, and then there's the band, and you know, there's there's evidently a restaurant that they can go to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going, holy Harry Potter. <laughs> it's got to be a weird menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, you know, of course, you know they got to cringe when Morticia and, and Gomez show up. It's like, fuck, we're going to have to get a new floor. <laughs> <clears throat> a lot of rare meat, I'm guessing. Well, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just going scrolling through the Wikipedia page to see if there's anything more that's interesting worth saying. Apparently, there is a, an Adams Family reboot film that is slated for release next year. Next year, I saw that. Not holding my breath. Because, I mean, given yeah. how the... I mean, if Tim Curry couldn't pull off Gomez Adams in after Rival Julia... Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's going to be an animated film, apparently. Yeah. Which could or could not be good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that really is a better sign or a worse sign or what. Yeah. I'm just saying. Probably a wash. Yeah. Probably an equal chance of, you know... Being crap. <laughs> yeah. 50% chance of being crap. Yes. But, I mean, and, and, yeah, the thing about the Adams Family, though, is, yeah, they are so delightfully macabre. Mm-hmm. They are so unself-aware mm-hmm. of that, but they are so very self-aware uh, in, at the same time. Yep. Also, it is very much important, um, probably their most important appearance of, of all time, they teamed up with the mystery gang to try and find a missing Wednesday Adams. <laughs> yeah, and, Sco- yeah. And oh, Scooby Doo wow. meets the Adams family. Well, because that's how it worked back then. Hey, are mm. you a famous thing? Hey, let's do a crossover with Scooby. Which, interestingly enough, <laughs> aired on CBS, which aired the Monsters. Right. Oh, that is kind of interesting. But uh, but that's because Hanna Barbera bought the yeah. said, "Hey, we want the Adams <laughs> paid to Charles Adams enough money to say." 
hey, we want the Adams Family to appear in Scooby-Doo, and I'm and sure... I get it, you, and you got to wonder. I know how I would write that. <laughs> it was, you know, at, one, at one point, you know, the kidnappers, you know, somebody kidnaps Wednesday Adams. Mm-hmm. And then they pay the Adamses to take her off their hands, <laughs> you know, or or the mystery, you know, the, the, the mystery guys, the you know, the uh, the uh, mysteries Mr. Inc. Mysteries Inc. Yep. You know, shows up and suddenly they have to have to deal with their first murder investigation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was picturing like Wednesday having somehow managing to turn the tables completely and have the kidnapper tied up and just kind of waiting there with their arms crossed like, took you long enough. Let's see. <laughs> oh, no, no. No, he's like, can you come back later? We were just starting to have fun. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's more Wednesday. Yeah. It's like, are you suffering from Stockholm Syndrome? No, I'm rather enjoying it. <laughs> just give me a few more hours and we can get out of here. Uh, no, in fact, in this particular case, what happened... I've found the episode synopsis. Spoiler alert. Yes, spoilers. <laughs> the, spoilers. Mystery, the mystery machine gets stuck in the mud, and Shocking. they um, and, ha- and they have to apparently pay for some form of repairs, so they house-sit for Gomez and, Mor- and Morticia while they go on a, on a little vacation, and then... Uh, a per- and then people show up to... Um, to Menace the Adams family household. Uh-huh. So, and then hijinks ensue, or as perhaps they, low as jinks. They, yeah, as they tend to do. Um, I, I think another fun idea with that would be for you know to have the whole cliche. Oh, it was really old man Jenkins the whole time in a mask or whatever. But like uh, Wednesday or one or Pugsley or somebody has already like beaten them senseless. You know, like has, has like assumed they're a creature or whatever and like dispatched them appropriately. <laughs> Well, it really was. Then everyone's mortified, and they're just like, what? Right. And also, for another brief aside, I recently ran across a movie that I must watch. I think I might have mentioned it already once, but Scooby-Doo meets Kiss. Oh, yeah, you did mention that. Where Kiss is, in fact, um, a a group of super-powered rock stars from an alternate dimension. Right. Who just happened to like to hang out on Earth and play rock and roll uh, shows, wasn't but they keep the, it... Wasn't that the plot of their movie? Hmm? Kiss yeah, the, did a the movie. Kiss, the, Kiss, um, the Kiss Christmas special? No, no, not Christmas special. Because they had a Christmas special, too. No, there was Kiss one where Santa. Kiss had to, uh, had <laughs> to uh, basically defeat um, evil versions of themselves. Might have been, I don't know. And they had like, to I'm, I'm, Yeah, <laughs> like... Star Child can see the future with his eye that's inside the star. Um, <laughs> well, the it, demon can actually breathe fire. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And it, and at least in in the animated movie, because I've seen a couple scenes from it, his base is actually an axe. Mm, yes. So because of course. Yeah. Well, not? in in the in the Kiss made for TV movie, um, Ace Freely could um, shoot beams out of the eye. Mm-hmm. And he beats his he beats his uh, his uh, counterpart by um, flipping his guitar over and reflecting the, the shots off the metal plate of the reflective metal plate <laughs> of the back at him. Uh, it's so ridiculous! I love it. Yeah, and the best part of it was they all played the they, they like it had it, it was just Kiss in the move like yeah. That, 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 that's worth maybe talking about at some point. But in any case, um, that's a that's a whole episode in and of itself. Is the cheesy like 
band crossover yes. like, promotional right. crap, you know. I mean, Scooby Doo would be its own. Well, obviously. Yeah, you could totally do an ep- you could do a number of episodes on Scooby Doo because you've got multiple yeah. sort of generations of of the mystery of the of the the Scooby Gang and Mysteries Inc. And all the way up to you know all the way up to um, the the um, Supernatural episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Supernatural. Yeah, I like. The, the latest episode... Or I haven't seen that the one. The latest season of Supernatural I thought was super weak, except that episode. Right. That was one of my favorite episodes. It's done so well. It's... it's I, I find that that with Supernatural, their episode... The episodes where they break formula tend to be their better yeah, episodes. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Like the one where they get shunted off into the real world for a little bit. Oh, yeah. 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 I think maybe their best episode. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and that bit where Misha is... Hola, Misha Vigo! <laughs> Misha is like frowny face and then gets brutally murdered. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, in any case... Um, so... So the so Absolutely. the Adams family, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, well, the Adams family. Yeah, the, 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 the thing about no, the no, Adams it wasn't. It wasn't. Sorry, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Fester's Quest that I played through. It was the, it was the Super Nintendo game, not the NES game. Uh-huh. Um, give me a second here. For such a passionate hatred, you got the game wrong. That's kind of weird. <laughs> you think you'd be traumatized? But a misdirected hostility, <clears throat> right? It was a bad game, but. And, and you know the thing about it. There have been uh, multiple Adams Family Super this, Nintendo yeah, games. Of course, there something are. else where Morticia becomes a good role model in um, in Adams Family Values uh-huh. with her confrontation with Debbie. You know, it wasn't you bitch. It was you know, it was more like you know, you you uh, you know, you mess with a family member of mine. All your other failings, I could. You know, I could I could get over, but right, pastels, Debbie. <laughs> you know, was that refresh my memory? Was that the mother of the annoying kid that was getting into it with Wednesday? No, no, no. Um, uh, no, in in Adam's family values, uh, Debbie was the one who married Fester. Oh, okay, she was the like gold digger type. Yeah, person. and okay, you know, yeah. and and Morticia. Res- yeah, pastels. That was one of the best lines. I've yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was specifically Adam's family values that I struggled my way through. Ah, okay. right. Now, in, in the the girl that was the girl that was uh, uh, giving Wednesday all hard time, we really only see her parents like a minute. Okay, and that's another thing I like about that is it's Wednesday versus that chick. Right. You know, and it, again. Being the Adams family, you know she gets all the rejects, you know, and turns it into a total rout for the for the Thanksgiving, you know, the Thanksgiving play. Right, mm-hmm. that was pretty great. Yeah, and so things that we things that grew out of that, the girl that played the Girl Scout, the or you know her Wednesday's nemesis, right, ends up becoming uh, the vampire, becoming a vampire. In Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> uh, Melody or uh, uh, she ends up Buffy. She starts in Buffy, gets her start in Buffy, and then transitions over to Angel. That's funny. Harmony. Oh, you mean the the ditzy one mm-hmm. works for for works for the Angel Law Firm yeah. group or whatever they called that. The, yeah. 
What was that again? The uh, uh, it was Wolf like a play on words. Wolf yep. from, yeah, Wolf from and Heart. Wolf from and Heart. Yeah, she's like the ditzy secretary. Right. Yeah, yeah. that was funny. Yeah, who's you know trying always trying to have minions and shit and just right. You know, family yeah, just couldn't pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she yeah. never got past high school. Uh, and, but then also, uh, the camp counselor, um, if I'm recalling right, was that uh, the same guy who was uh, in Ghostbusters 2? I don't know, man. It's been too uh, long since I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember his name now. Um, That's kind of funny, the weird like stream of consciousness going on there because you're talking about the connection between that and Buffy and Angel and then you have the Scooby-Doo thing they call themselves the Scooby gang and Buffy right exactly <laughs> and uh and some values it's like I kind of wonder and this would bear more research really more than anything else but I wonder really how much horror quote unquote there was on TV before the Adams Family Right. Before it was made more pseudo-acceptable. There's the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm wow. not... The, the Twilight Zone isn't really horror. It's not straight-up horror, though. No, it, it's more... It's more just speculative fiction in general. Yeah. There were, there were horror elements, to be sure. Right. But... Yeah, it's more of a, like, mind-game, philosophical mm-hmm. kind of thing, not straight-up horror. Yeah. But yeah, I'd still, you know... Peter McNichol. As the counselor? Yes, Gary Granger. Um, and yeah, Peter McNichol was the kid, was the guy who got covered in goo, right? Right. So, I love you guys. <laughs> <coughs> yep, there he is, Peter McNichol. And he was also in some other um, some other movie that I can't think... Oh yeah, he uh, played Galen in... Uh, in um, what you call it? He played the lead in, in Dragon Slayer. Hmm. Wow, that's random. So how far off track are we at this yeah, point? We got to Dragon Slayer somehow, so... No, not Dragon Slayer, Dragon Slayer. Oh, Dragon Slayer. Yes. Um, one of the first attempts at a fantasy blockbuster movie. Oh, okay. after the black After the blockbuster was somewhat invented by... Those, those first attempts at fantasy blockbuster movies are like when kids are going through puberty and they're mm-hmm. trying to act cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, ooh, this is cringeworthy. Yeah. Right. But God bless him for trying. <laughs> Mercedes McNabb was the one who played um, Amanda, I think is her name. Amanda Buckman. Uh, Wednesday's, Amanda Huggins, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Amanda <laughs> Buckman, who was Wendy's, Wednesday's nemesis. And that character actually showed up in Adam's Family. She was the Girl Scout. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, when you get into the original Adams Family movie, I mean, you get. I think that's where the Adams Family really became what it is. Because originally, um, for instance, Fester mm-hmm. was Morticia's uncle, not mm-hmm. Gomez's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the series, it was even it was even her uncle. Yep. Uh, That's why he was Uncle Fester. Right. Either way, this isn't true, yes. But, um... But then, the movie sort of codified him as as Gomez's brother, and honestly, works works better. better. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Gomez as, of course, 
Raul Julia and Christopher Lloyd playing <laughs> off of each other. Yeah. So it was just like, this is how, yeah, this is how, you know, uh, you know. I mean, two, two fantastically powerful character actors. Right. Yeah. Right. Playing characters that were built for them. Oh, and, yes. You know, it's just like. Yeah, it was very serendipitous. No yeah, doubt. it's like. Hey, Robin Williams, let's play a, let's play have you play an improv comedian. <laughs> Thanks. So I'm just myself. Okay, I think I can manage that. I think, yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, yeah. moves into a rug. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and it was one of those things because even Christopher Lloyd, when he was playing Fester with amnesia, mm-hmm. still almost pulls it off. <laughs> yeah. Know? And w- watching Gomez, you know, it's like, those thumb cuffs, <laughs> he, he had to learn to eat with his feet, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> Gomez is all about passion and, you yeah. know, and, and, and he is very, a fiery Latin man. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is, yeah, he is, uh, and, and yeah, very uh, athletically fit. But yeah, and they'll just throw money at shit, that, you know? Yeah, why not? Yeah. You know? Because, like, in, in, in Adam's family, it's exemplified in the auction. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're they're bidding on something they contributed, and the whole, the whole thing goes on because Gomez and Morticia are getting off on bidding against each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've, we've gone full circle back to the BDSM theme. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Well, they, and and, have neither they, of them is the sub or the dog. Exactly. Right. Well, and, and, but they, and they're still a very passionate. They're very passionate about each other. You know, it, it, the romance does not go away. Mm. And all, all kidding aside, in actual real life terms, it's like you don't see a lot of examples of uh, of a family where you have the the mother and father who are both good parents and also make time for each other and really work on the relationship itself right. regardless you know, of whether they are kids they are family. really a fantastic example of how to be a good married couple with yeah. kids. and still serve the dark lord <laughs> <laughs> I mean you've got to have your priorities <laughs> you know it's yeah, like, it's, I don't know what anyone what any mother wants <laughs> in a weird way it's like um, it's like the wholesomeness is subversive yeah, it really Question is. Mark. <laughs> yeah, well, the subversiveness is wholesome. It's hard to yeah, say. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, they exactly. are they are a total flip of the family of a modern family, but they're a healthy example of it. Why? Well, I, I <laughs> you know? That's something, and that's something I think that appealed to me the most, especially as I've you know uh, grown up with it and become mm-hmm. an adult. Um, is the subversiveness of the wholesomeness, mm-hmm. or at least the sneakiness of it? Right. Because like. You know, you'll have, like, you know, you, you might have, like, a kid or something who's just, like, you know, oh, well, this is, like, you know, this is counterculture, or this is, like, goth, or whatever, and, like, that's cool, and it's just, or that's that's grossing out my sister, so that's cool, or whatever. Right. But just the surface-level stuff, and it's, like, it's kind of like the old, like, thing about putting in, like, medicine in a dog's food, and they don't realize they're eating it. Right, Because exactly. then it's, like, later, it's, like wakes up one day and is like, oh, wait a minute, these are, like, really good values. Like, right, yeah. Like, <laughs> being like, loyal, protecting like, your family, right. like, making time Mom, for Dad, you're people. really good parents. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, it is very subversive wholesomeness, and it flips the trope. Right. Because in, like, Leave it to Beaver, 
And, you know, uh, and all these, you know, it was the whole American, you know. Andy Griffith. Yeah, Andy Griffith. Wait, by the uh, way, I love that show. Yeah, and, well, and see, the thing is, yeah. Andy Griffith didn't get into a lot of the common tropes because there wasn't a woman present in, in Andy's life. Right. Except for Aunt B. Uh, and that was like, you know, but it was the whole idea of, yeah, once you're married, you know, everything goes down the tubes. Adam's family going, nope. Like we're just getting started. Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, the monsters were kind of like that too. They were like because they were like, okay, what if monsters were like the family from Leave Leave It to Beaver? Yeah, right. And the thing, the thing about the monsters that they though was they didn't have the same level of passion between Lily and. That's true. Also, I think it's more interesting when when the characters aren't. I mean, obviously, there's an exception with the hand running around, but. Aside from the odd exception, and like Lurch, that, what the hell is Lurch? I don't know, man. <laughs> but the main, the main, the principal, you know, characters, the main, mm-hmm. you know, husband, wife, kids, are just are, you know, I don't want to say normal, but they are human beings. Yeah, human most likely. <laughs> it's most likely human. Yes, right. Well, they're atoms, so, you know. Yes, that is a race unto its own. Yeah, Indeed. but yeah, but they, yeah, they, they present as that you can marry beings. into somehow. Right. right. Well, yeah, if you can survive it. <laughs> if you can survive the courtship, you know. I mean, uh, look at Wednesday's courtship with the with her, her nerd boyfriend. You know, I'd scare him to death. <laughs> you know. Because, um, and, and the thing is, is Wednesday is, uh, originally, Charles Adams described Wednesday as very much her mother's daughter. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And she really is, you know, Wednesday, what do we say? Now! <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. Yeah, and Pugsley's like, okay! <laughs> yeah, and, but Pugsley is more of a passive, uh, more of a passive psychopath. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's, it was like, oh, now my favorite part, poisons. <laughs> you know, it's like, ooh! When, when they're when Uncle Fester is teaching them about you know it's like when, when they're rehearsing for the the play the school talent show mm-hmm. yeah you know and if he's like oh, you can't do it like this <laughs> you know like wounds <laughs> you know it's like um, and but you know again there they are watching every other kid's boring show just to be supportive of their kids and applauding too right. even applauding. for the well, yeah. even but but like you know, yeah, but, even, but the other even the other ones, they yeah. they are supportive. Yeah, yeah, they're supportive. It's like they're not enjoying it. Yeah, they're not enthusiastic, yeah. but they're supportive. <laughs> you know, when they're awake, because I love I love how in that one, another one, and it was Barry Sonnenfeld that did the Adams Family, right? That directed it. <sighs> Do not recall. To the um, internet again. To the internet mobile. Uh, um, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, you got yeah. it. Yep. He did both of them. Um, you know how he he gets so many levels to that, like when they're at right. the you know, and, and you can see them just horrified by what they're seeing. You know, either bored beyond tears, you know, you know, bored to the point of, oh God, I've got to stay awake through this. To, you know, when there was like. Getting to know you, <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh my god, <laughs> make it stop, you know. 
I could just eat you up. Too young. Um, <laughs> I mean, so many. Well, that's another thing that's too fun. Too young, not enough meat on the bone. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that's fun about the, um, you know, one of the recurring themes or gags with the Adams Family is that we talked a lot about how they take for granted their macabre nature and then everyone else is horrified at them. But then it's, you, you flip the script and you see common things that are passed off as normal or entertaining or whatever and they're horrified at it yeah and then that's that's a thing where you can really connect with it as an audience member where it's like if you also find something else mystifying or boring or yeah. whatever I'm you're like just... yes i get it i'm with you Adam. Yeah, like, just i don't get it either i don't know why this is a thing this yeah, is horrifying exactly exactly <laughs> and, and they're and they're very upfront about it you know it's like yeah you know or it's like was it uh she drew this you know brings something horrible it's like Oh yes, you know Wednesday is you know Wednesday wants to follow in her aunt Petunia's footsteps. Yeah. Well, that's you know, another thing too. Yeah, was like. Uh huh. I was just gonna say that's another thing too. Is when we talk about when we, when we talk about the the idea of like how they interact and the values and stuff. Like you'll notice like the quote unquote normal people who aren't doing the macabre type stuff that the Adams family does. They will they will like you know they will watch their talent show performance or whatever it is. They'll see a thing, hear a thing, and then they'll like be dicks about it and they'll gossip about it they won't actually like talk to them about it or ask any questions or anything they'll just be yeah. you know gossipy hens and stuff whereas the Adams Family they see somebody do their their kids talent thing or whatever or mm. there's some kind of thing that they don't get or they find boring or whatever they'll just earnestly be like so what's the deal about that right. let's talk about it and they'll be like oh yeah. okay well I may not agree but I get it I guess yeah. like, they're not they mean well yeah, that's the thing yeah. that's the overall thing is like generally I mean aside from Wednesday trying to kill Pugsley of course they well, mean yeah. well yeah well, <laughs> and, and you know we, they, they talk about you know a lot of the one off comments where we see where Wednesday and Pugs like get it from. Right. You know, it's like you were still a suspect. Or he's like, Oh, aren't you a lady killer? Acquitted. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? And you don't know if he's more proud of the fact that he got away with it. Right. <laughs> or that, you know, that he was found innocent or, you know, That's the, another that's another great thing about it is the intentional ambiguity with yeah. so much of the stuff. Like right. he's when when he's smiling and enthusiastic all the time, you're never quite sure what aspect of it he's really <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and they don't want to ask follow-up questions. Exactly. You they're, don't, already, you don't. they're already put off enough. They're just like, okay, well, changing the subject or right. walking out of the room. Well, and they, But they also follow their own rules. Yeah. Uh, we see that at the beginning of the film uh, with, you know, with, uh, um, oh, Sully coming in as like, you know, the, the Fester Adams, uh, you know, relief fund is like, ah, oh, Sully... That's, you know, that's new business. A new business, you know, next quarter, you know, and, and uh, because they don't discuss new business until the next quarter. Right. Yep. You know, and he follows his own rules yep. <laughs> to a T. Your rules? Yeah, he doesn't have a spoon for. By the way, that opening scene, that was the beginning of the movie, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah he it shows was. up. Yeah. What, what I like about that, what I love about that, actually, is... Um, you have the concept there <clears throat> where you take someone who's just on their own mm. and they don't have any other sort of like peer pressure or person to like mm. act or react a certain way around to try to think, oh, well, this is what a normal person would do or say or react. 
And if by the end of it, he's getting into it and really enjoying the sword fight. <laughs> right, yeah. But if there were, like, a whole group of people, that may have played out very differently. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and he's, you know he's done it before. And also, uh, another part of that mm-hmm. uh, is when, you know, when Gomez comes in, Sully's sitting there with the book. Yeah. You know, it's like South Pacific with the book open getting a tan. Right. Because of the way the books work. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was one of those things of, yeah, Sully has done it often enough that he has kind of become... Um, uh, that's how you really join the Adams clan. Right, it's just exactly. by well, getting used to their shit long enough. <laughs> well, remember, <laughs> Which again wife, is analogous to actual family interaction. Right. Well, and his wife, <laughs> you know, ends up because you know Sully ends up dying. His wife ends up marrying cousin it. <laughs> so you know, and she becomes completely, you yeah. know, uh, you know, become to her the rest of it's completely normal. Yeah, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Well, that's funny. That's the funny concept of normal, right? It's normal. It's just what you're used to. Exactly. Yeah, it's a setting on a dryer and what you get, what you get used to. Uh, <laughs> much. Um, so yeah, and that's the thing about. Uh, but yeah, again, I think that Adam's family value does come down to what you talk about—the surreptitious or the, what is it? What you said—the subversive normality. Yes. Yes. Exactly. The, uh, subver- the subversive wholesomeness. The subversive wholesomeness. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the um, and the um, ordinarily macabre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, one of the more obvious ideas or themes is the whole not judging a book by its cover thing. Right. Yeah, because yeah, if you if you have a friend in the Adams family, they might try to kill you, but just in good fun. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like you you know you're an Adams. What do you expect? It means you know? they care. Yeah. Mm. Huh. Sorry. Uh, we got 16 minutes left. Oh, uh, okay. So which is, yeah, uh, which is 16. Trying so, to tr- teach myself to sign numbers. Okay. So I mean, I, I think we're kind of getting to where we we have it boiled down. Yeah, is that subversive yeah. wholesomeness? Yeah, and I think that, so. That that normal, you know, normalized macabre. Yeah. Um, normal is just what you make it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I think you know if I, if I had to sum it up into my final, you know, into my. You know, final thoughts. We have 16 minutes left, so, so you, you got. You yeah, know, we don't need a button cap it quite yet. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and again, you know, it's it's a healthy relationship, it's a passionate relationship, and it's showing that romance does not end at marriage. Also, another thing with all the uh, with all well, at the, least it shouldn't. Right. Yes, with all the whole uh, you know the the death like theme and all the mm-hmm. dark stuff like. That one way to look at it is just oh that's disconcerting and I don't want to think about it or that's gross or whatever. But another way to think about it is we are mortal. We don't mm-hmm. live forever. Make each day really count and right. be in the moment. Right. Like you know uh, we have Halloween coming up soon and of course there's uh, DLA. How do you pronounce again? The Mexican Dia de los Muertos. Dia de los Muertos. Yes, thank you. I always stumble over the pronunciation. Morty's Day what? Uh, but but yeah, the, the whole the concept death. there is that like they lean into it and they don't shy away from death. Right. They honor their, they honor their you know ancestors and stuff, and they they basically have a party, right? A oh, yeah. party to celebrate everything that has happened, right? Not just not to just like you know be all you know sad sack about it and Debbie Downer about it. It's just like right. okay, well, let's go play Wake the Dead. Death is part of life. Let's let's just live it up and respect yeah. the fact that everyone's had all these lives yep. and have done all these things. Right. And I think that's a healthy way to approach it. Right. Know? I mean, or yeah, it's like, you know, they play Wake the Dead. But and it reminds me of the part we were talking about at the school thing. It's like, you know, oh, that's her, you know, it's her great aunt Petunia. She was burned as a witch. They say she danced naked before they burned her. <laughs> but we've told Wednesday, college first. 
<laughs> it's, it's that whole blending of I'm a good parent, right? But I'm a good servant of the dark forces too. <laughs> so yeah, I think if I if I ever get back to playing random again, Morticia Adams is going to be her new <laughs> role model. <laughs> role model. <laughs> but actually, there is a there's a, a, a pair of characters in, in the Demon's Apprentice series that I that I write about that is like Morticia and uh, and and Gomez because it's the nerd who owns the, who's going to end up owning a bookstore and his half demon girlfriend. Well, I think subconsciously a lot of those things kind of like you know, if it's influential on you, you can't help but be influenced to an extent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, whenever you come up with something, you write something, you embody a character, whatever yeah. the context is, it just Right. Well, and, and actually, I kind of approached it from that point of view, is because it was such a wholesome relationship, right. you know. And my main character is in such a, you know, in, in such a fucked up. Uh, but you know, I was going, yeah, this is a good, and yeah, I think that's the thing is, this is a good relationship to build. From. Like an oasis amongst the insanity. Exactly. Exactly. You know, an oasis of insanity among the insanity. You know. Wee. <laughs> so, but anyways. Neil, you've been strangely quiet. Yes, I know. I just haven't really had much to contribute, and you guys have been playing off of each other so nicely. <laughs> I thought I'd let you continue. Um, I, I don't really have much more to say, because pretty much it's been said at this point. Yeah. I will say this. Um, I uh, <laughs> I love the kind of... Um, I mean, it's kind of obvious, considering, you know, uh, Doc Brown is big role for uh, Christopher Floyd, mm-hmm. but I, I love how he was able to channel that mad scientist energy into his portrayal of, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, why am I drawing a blank now? Fester. Fester, thank you. Yes. I don't know how to brain fart there. <laughs> um, yeah, his, uh, his because he has that, like, you know, the wild-eyed, like, you know, like, enthusiasm and weird, like, ideas, you know, dangerous right. stuff. <laughs> and of course, I... It, Watching it the first time, knowing it was Christopher Lloyd and not having seen him channel Fester, I yeah. did expect him to at some point go, Morty! <laughs> but then, after that, watching it, and I watched Back to the Future, I kept on expecting him to go, Pugsley! <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because... Goodness! I, I remember when I first watched that... Brother! I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really have any uh, context for any of it. I, you know, that was my first exposure of the outside. I was just watching the first movie in the 90s. Um, and... I didn't even realize at first that it was Christopher Lloyd because you know it's a pretty uh, yeah. extensive yeah, you know, with costume makeup situation and the baldness and all that. Because I, I wasn't paying close attention, I didn't know you know I didn't really know anything about anything, and I just kind of went into it cold. Yeah. And then like it kind of dawned on me midway through. So it's such a weird like surreal experience where it's like, wait a minute, is that Doc Brown? And I'm like, <laughs> right? like holy crap. Like, yeah. he's a really good actor because I was not picking up on that. <laughs> right. Well, see, I didn't know Lloyd was in Star Trek until someone pointed out to me because he was, uh, he was the, he was in Search for Spock. He was the lead Klingon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah, Captain Kirk. I'll give you and your uh, Valiant crew so five minutes. <laughs> yes, fun fun story here. about that. Um, there is a um, Klingon grammar, quote unquote, mm-hmm. was influenced by that movie because Christopher line because Christopher Lloyd flubbed one of his lines. Hmm. Oh wow, that's weird. Really? Yes, it was something he was saying in Klingon. I believe it was actually. I believe it was. Um, 
when he was give what he was was it the transporter? No, I think Surely. I can't remember exactly what it was. It's escaping me now. But there is an entire extra bit of grammar in uh, in Klingon because he screwed up one of his lines and they kept it in the movie. Huh. <laughs> I think it's so funny how they have to create this whole thing to justify such a one-off occurrence. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. Now I've got to look that shit up. I guess yeah. I'm friends with uh, with a uh, with a Klingon language instructor, uh, name of uh, Lawrence Schoen, who wrote um, a uh, who wrote a a book. But he's a doctor. Uh, he has a doctorate in languages, and he speaks. Kl- he is a considered to be fluent in Klingon. <laughs> so um, much as you can be. Yeah, well, because it's yeah, yeah. Well, it's a con line. You as much as you like. It's just like you how you can be, uh, you can be fluent in Quenya or mm-hmm. Dothraki or Dovaki. <laughs> right. It is known. Uh, I was yeah, I was looking for some of that. Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to s- left to say either. Um, I think we could give our final thoughts and wrap it up. Yeah. Kind of ran out of steam. Of course, I had more to say. I'd have more to say if I, you know, consumed more of the classic Adams Family media. True. I'm looking forward to checking out the old show on Hulu. Yeah, it, it was... It, it, John Aston is a, is a worthy... Or, John Aston, if there were ever worthy shoulders to stand on yeah. for Raul Julia, he he's the one. That's another thing that uh, kind of fascinates me about it is to check that out and kind of compare the performances. Yeah, I suspect I'll still prefer Julia's for a couple of reasons, but having seen both of them, you know, I, I toss can, up. No, no, it's still Raul Julia. Oh, but okay. for me, the reason is because he built off of Aston's performance. Yeah, so I can respect it. Right. I can see it as the best for what it, for the time because they were just building it, sure. and then Raul Julia was taking it and chewing up the set with it, literally. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for realsies. <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to find the thing that I'm talking about with, the, the, with Christopher Lloyd and Klingon language. Right. Um. But uh, yeah, it's it. Yeah, the. Like I said, I, I love the fact that you can be slightly evil, but still wholesome, healthy, but evil. Or evil, but healthy. <laughs> you know? That just, uh, I said a random thought from that when you were talking about that. Um, if you talk, if you, uh, if you took D&D alignments, what do you think the main Adams Family members would be? Lawful evil. Or lawful neutral. Probably lawful neutral. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, lawful neutral. Because they're they, not evil. They're, no, they're not evil. Um, but they have a kind of a yeah, blase. You know, they'll contribute to things they like. Yeah. But they will kill you if you piss on them. You know, where what is their uh, the uh, the pseudo Latin? You know, we we gladly feast on those who would oppress us. 
Yeah. So I'm almost thinking chaotic neutral because they don't. But now I'm thinking lawful neutral because they really adhere to the own code of honor. Yeah, I would say lawful neutral overall, but I think Wednesday might be a little more chaotic. Um. Yeah. Or at least regular neutral, not straight up lawful. Yeah. Well, no, she. No, you're right because she. She just kind of does her own thing. Doesn't really care. Yeah. No, she might ease up if Morticia's saying, "Hey, cut it out." Yeah. So there's lawful in the sense that she will listen to her parents eventually. Right. But, yeah, she seems a little more chaotic to me than the average... Right. Adam. Morticia is very lawful neutral. Um, Gomez is more lawful neutral. Fester is more chaotic neutral. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. say, yeah, he's more chaotic. And the thing is, you can't... You can't... Um, you can't pigeon, uh, pigeonhole them into the entire... Right. Um, you can't put the whole cast. Yeah, the mind. whole. Yeah, the whole family. That's fair to say they're all some very neutral. Exactly. Right. Right. Because thing is true neutral. Yeah, thing is neutral. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> neutral funny. Uh, Lurch is true neutral. He's more neutral hungry. Yeah. You know, he's just like you know doing unaligned as it were. Yeah, he's unaligned. Um, and then um, cousin it also kind of. Cousin It's kind of kind of lawful neutral too. We don't hear much from him, but he he does play by his very much yeah. by his rules. Yeah, um, definitely more lawful than not on the whole. Yeah, it's just that their code that their code is not defined by any outside party. Yeah, it's the whole like tradition and honor thing, legacy, etc., mm-hmm. etc. So yeah, right. lawful makes sense. And they have traditions, you know, the Mushka. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, Actually, Morticia, when you put uh, when you put um, when you put Morticia and Gomez together as a couple, they are chaotic kinky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, bottom line, I is, think they're true kinky. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true kinky. Yeah, there we go. There we go. The, yeah. The bottom line is, yeah, you have to come up with the the. You have to come up with a whole new category for him because it is so unique. Yeah, exactly. And it, but it's, you know, it does occur to me, Gomez is kind of... Ar- Arlo is kind of like Gomez and vice versa because he's essentially a barred swashbuckler, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's very... Yeah, I mean, he takes... Passionate for life. Right. Sense of and, humor. And he ta- it takes what he does very seriously. And, and then normal. loves his swordplay and swashbuckling. Right. Yeah, and... Um, now in the series, it's tr- it turns out that Gomez is a lawyer. Ah uh, yes. Uh, and he t- or in a series, Gomez. I think it's one of the animated series. Turns out Gomez was a lawyer. He's never won a case, <laughs> but he's never lost a case either. And he brags about all the uh, of course, and that fits perfectly with the Adams family. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, whatever. You know, the truth is whatever. They're I think all thrown is. out as mistrial. <laughs> well, he brags at one point uh, in one of the animated series about all the criminals that he's put away by representing them as a defense attorney. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just That's like, one way to approach it. Exactly. I'm just like, wow, man, that just that, that works. That brings us right back to the whole fail succeed philosophical debate, <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. He's like, I was so successful at losing every case, <laughs> right? So I put away those scumbags by being terrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's hard to. And that's but that's the thing to think about the the Adams family is always hard to pin them down because it's always right just you know mysterious and kooky. Yep, and altogether kooky. Yep. 
feed me and the cookie. Mm-hmm. So, so final thoughts. Are we to that point? Uh, yeah, we got like three minutes left. Okay. So <laughs> we've bored Mike to to the point of yawns. Um, so if I had to if I had to boil it down, um, the Adams family is yeah basically how to be healthy and strange. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the handbook to how to how to be a high functioning goth. And that yeah. strange can be healthy. Yes. Yes, strange can be healthy. You know, if you they're d- different is not unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And also, we have covered the ground about how normal is really just a delusion. There is yeah. no normal. Normal is what you get used to. Normal is under is overrated. Yes. Well, yes, they call we want to talk about the new normal. You know, there's always a new normal. Indeed. For somebody. Neil, thoughts. Um. I have no thoughts. <laughs> I am apparently Lurch at this point. <laughs> By the way, he's also definitely true neutral. Oh, yeah. He just yeah. does what people tell because he doesn't really have... He, he's just there to be there and move things. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and Lurch. Yes. <clears throat> it's kind of more like a uh, Constractor Gullum situation, really, in that sense. Yeah, he really kind of is. I mean, he's indestructible. He's a mindless undead. Do you yeah. ever see him eat... Yes. Uh, at one point, he drank something. Okay. So not he drank Wednesday's lemonade. Not true. Not full on golem, but pretty close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just curious if that was a thing. Okay. Yep. Uh, at one point, he uh, he drank Wednesday's lemonade and then basically breathed fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Well, I pretty much covered my main stuff. You know, yeah. the concept of uh, you know um, subversive wholesomeness and uh, mm-hmm. just you know the the tropes being uh, flipped and stuff like that, it's, um, I don't know, it's like, it's easy to look back now sometimes uh, at things and be like, oh, well, you know, that's not so unique or that's not so, like, you know, um, I don't know, challenging or whatever, but it's like at the time it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, like, they're, they, they, they were kind of trailblazers in a lot of senses with the characters and the concepts and how they portrayed things and because oh, yeah. I mean you know when you think about it it's like an arguably goth show in the 60s yeah right. that's pretty trailblazing yeah like they yeah. were pioneers yeah and a, in lot, a lot of, of their different forms of media you right. know and goth is, owes a lot of goth fashion owes a lot to the Adams family yeah yeah so I would say because that Elvira pretty much based her costume right. off of Morticia Morticia yeah, yeah that's, I guess that would be the and, other and Elvira is is pretty highly rec- recognized as the queen of the goths right yeah I would say that is another thing um as far as my final thoughts go on it, it's just the cultural significance of it all, like mm-hmm. we were just talking about there, yeah. you know. Right. It spans across all these different media forms. You've got the the original New Yorker run, you've got the, the TV show, the mm-hmm. movies, you've got the video games, you've got all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff, you know, even mm-hmm. books and stuff. Um, Flashbacks. Yeah, pretty much and, everything. And it influences other things. Uh, in another way, uh, Fish Called Wanda. Mm-hmm. There's a call to me. It's a callback because if Morticia or Gomez wants to get the other going, they start speaking foreign languages. Right. That's French. <laughs> and uh, callback to uh, a fish called Wanda. Wanda, mm-hmm. was the uh, the uh, Jamie uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, 
was completely enamored of anybody who could speak another language. Right. Which is which made John Cleese just irresistible to her. <laughs> speak Russian to me. Rubles. <laughs> That's great. Uh, it's coming to kill me. Yeah, there you go. Fish called Wanda in a while. Influential and classic. Yep. Indeed. Adam Stanley in a nutshell. Yep. Next time, we will not be talking about something that's classic. It just happened like last week. <laughs> so, um, we will hope to hopefully see you then. Or, I guess not, because this isn't a visual medium. But hopefully you'll we'll hear us then. then. <laughs> um, in the meantime, this has been Neil. Mike. And the one true Ben. And we will talk to you next time. On Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter F and the number 56. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. We read everything. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one at Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. Mamushka!